Hi, I'm Carla. And I'm Richard. We're the Obies, hosts of the We Do podcast. And co-founders of WeDoRelationships.com. We help people discover the best version of themselves for their significant relationships, even their marriage. Yes, even that. Every week, we share insights we've learned over 20 years of helping individuals and couples. We can help you stay motivated and accountable while encouraging you to find lightness and the connection in your life that we're all after. That's right. We do will help you master simple and elegant ways to withstand adversity in your life. We believe every day is a great day to share and grow. You probably have a relationship that needs some attention, whether at home or at work. Your breakthroughs and tools await you at WeDoRelationships.com. Let's get to today's episode. Well, hi, sweetie. Hello. <laughs> How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm, I'm doing good. You know, I love having a crystal light. We should be sponsored by crystal light. It's <laughs> so refreshing. Um, I loved having a nice walk today. I thought that was great. You know, taking two puppies out there and having a nice walk and a connection. It was lovely to do that mm-hmm. and kind of breaks up, you know, the normal stuff that we had all this things that we had in our mind to do today. Yeah. And it was a new place we'd never been before. Yes. Yes. New sights, new sounds, new pathways, new pathways, and unfortunately for me, new smells. But not for you because you have you can't smell. Was it bad smell? No, it was oh. good smells. It was kind of you know earthy smells and stuff. Yeah. I wish you could smell well, it. I asked you if you could smell the peat moss. Yeah, but I didn't smell the peat moss just then. But I oh. smelled other things. Okay. <laughs> As Frank, but I think the peat moss is earthy. Yeah. So oh. next time, I'm going to stick my face in the peat moss for you. Okay. I I don't have a sense of smell, so that's... Yes, full disclosure. um, And she lost that when she was giving birth to our fourth child. Wow. interesting. We don't blame him. We just... Well, it was in between the loss of my dad and the birth of our son. Yeah. Yeah. So we're we're still trying to figure that out. Yeah. Send some energy (laughs) on smelling. Or if you have any tips. (laughs) Yeah, if you have any tips, send it to us at... uh, we do institute at gmail.com related to getting back your sense of smell. That would be lovely. Yeah. So we're going to switch to other senses, which is hearing <laughs> both literally and figuratively, right? Mm-hmm. Our ears, our hearts, our minds, our souls, our connection, the art, there's an art to listening to do it well. And it takes many different strokes and tools and brushes and uh, colors and canvases and everything associated with the art of listening. And we're going to do a series on this. It's it's important. It's important in the relationships that we see that have challenges. A lot of it as what do they say? It's all about communication. Communication. Yeah. We, we need help with communication is what we hear so often. And the bulk of that is really the listening. Yeah. I What'd mean, commu- communicating. <laughs> <laughs> but communicating what you need and what you want is part of it. For sure. But that listening and understanding is like big, big piece. Yeah. So the the art of it is is nuanced. I love that word. It's it's nuanced. And we're going to talk about some specific, you know, maybe blockers or physiological traits that can get in the way of the uh, us being able to see the other person through 
empathic or real or intimate listening, um, which is what people want. You know, they want to have, well, they say, hey, that person isn't listening to me, but we have bad communication. And the converses of that might be things like, gosh, I really felt seen. I really felt yeah. heard. I really felt noticed. I really felt um, they understood my feelings. I really think that they saw me. And gosh, we had such a great conversation. Sometimes the other person didn't say a word. <laughs> it's like it this great conversation. Like, really? I thought that was more one way of me listening. Yes, that was what happened. It was amazing. Yeah. It's interesting that that people say to be seen. You know, because it really is about maybe it's about seeing your soul or, you know, to be seen like you, you, you really see me is I think that comes from you really understand me. You really listen and understand me versus, you know, the visual. Yeah. Scene. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do. I do. And I I, I think back and harken back to some self-disclosure about the challenges that I've not always been a really good listener, you know, and, and I think that's something I've continually worked on over the years to where sometimes when you're studying and, you know, you're reading about studies and articles and you're trying to create tools for people to be a little better listeners, you become a better listener yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're trying to do is that people come in and say their communication is challenging. That's because there's probably some tendencies that need to be interrupted. Mm -hmm. um, some processes of repetitive processes that need to be uh, somehow reversed or mm -hmm. stopped or paused. Mm -hmm. And is there a new listening? Mm -hmm. Is there a new understanding? Is there a new space for um, growing into a better listener and seeing each other? I, I, I love the, the idea of listening as an intimate connection. Mm -hmm. I just think that's so powerful. It's like, mm -hmm. if you're listening to me, we're more likely to connect. Oh my gosh! Yes. In not both emotionally, spiritually, physically. There's just a, a real safety that I think happens, especially those that are in relationships where they're trying to work on it. They're trying to get better. You know, I had a men's retreat this past weekend that I hosted. One of the things I just want to be a better version of myself, a better version. And some of that might be, and it did come up, to be a better listener to my own feelings, to my own understandings, to my own. A challenges and actually being honest and tell the truth to myself first. Mm -hmm. um, and part of, I think, telling the truth to ourselves is that, you know, we're physiologically designed to not necessarily be the greatest listener in the world because our brain's trying to take over, right? I mean, and you introduced this to me, mm -hmm. um, the the book and the studies that as part of the block, yeah. you know, as part of might be what might be a block. Yeah, you talked about the art of listening, and I think, you know, there is there is an art to it, and we all can put our own, you know, spin on that, but there's also the science of listening and uh, understanding our own emotions and, and each other, and uh, yeah, How Emotions Are Made by Lisa Feldman Barrett creates, you know, an understanding of the science behind that with the secret life of the brain and it's like woo yeah it's i mean it's, it's heavy on the science side but i think she uses great stories and examples it's a great book uh but the bulk of her understanding of our brains is that you know it's like they're great predictors they the brain is wired to 
you know, predict what's coming next to keep us alive and safe, you know, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I love this idea of the great predictor and the brilliance of the mind, because the the mind is saying, okay, yeah, I want to keep you safe. I want to keep you, you know, away from the bushes, you know, the, the monkey mind or our prehistoric minds or you know, the amygdala takes over, you know, those type of things that are that are that we hear about. But it also is looking at patterns, all these patterns, all these inputs that we've had over the years related to what we understand and what's familiar about this situation. So we can make sense of it quickly and make sense of it to keep ourselves safe. Yes, but also to make sense of it in the way of, OK, I've seen this before, so therefore I can understand what this is and. I, it's tough for us to kind of discount that because your brain is predicting what's next. Mm-hmm. And the challenge, and you have certainly brought this to my attention, the challenge is is when you think you know so much based on your predictions and based on your history, there can be challenges there because I am discounting what's here now. Mm-hmm. And I'm discounting what the uniqueness of what is happening in your mind mm-hmm. and in your in, in what you're thinking and what you're doing because the great predictors at work. Well, yeah, it's kind of like our walk today. You know, it was a pathway we had never been on before, but there are certain walks like Picnic Point or yeah. things that we're familiar with that we may have, you know, you when or, you know, the park, the Bobby Park or, you know, where you just you you almost go on autopilot because it's like, you already know this, this isn't new. This is, you know, a pathway that we've taken a million times and that our brains want to predict things. And that's why it's yeah, important. I think to step out into the new, new pathway sometimes. Yeah. And I think if we're, if the familiarity is really, um, happening, your mind is less in the moment and maybe it can wander. Mm-hmm. You know, and it wanders to uh, things that are the to-do lists or the other things, and you're not necessarily in the most present state to be with each other in the way of inquiry and understanding and, you know, maybe even shedding a light on something that you're seeing and experiencing for the first time and having a new connection and a new and a new memory made. Mm-hmm. I think how this gets manifested in the way of a challenge for communication is a term that I I was introduced to a long time ago, and it just keeps coming up and it just permeates my my thought process and one that I want to try to avoid. Um, And there's different sides of it. And but the one the part of it that I want to avoid is this concept called already listening. It's called already listening, meaning I already know what you're going to say. I already know what you're going to bring to the table on this. I know how you've reacted in the past. I know what you're going to say. I know where this is going to lead to is another argument. I know that this is going to be um, settled in a, a way where you're not going to want to continue the conversation. You add in the dot, dot, dot listeners. You add in the dot, 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 sweetie. You, mm-hmm. you, you know, or your sweetie listeners. Um you know, you add those in, but that's what can happen if you have already listening. Mm-hmm. 
And I have found that to be a challenge as a leader in business and in entities and my own work, that if I'm already listening to what I think a client's going to say because of a pattern that's been happening based on our the beautiful, magnificent, predictive brain and the collective wisdom of all of our experiences and all of our stimulations that are leading to, boom, this is what's going to happen here. We have to kind of try to pull away from that. So we're not already listening. We are present to listen. Not already listening. We are present to listen and to truly create a space for that. Now, there's breathing techniques and everything else we can get into to get yourself back to the present moment to be a good listener. But right now, these are obstacles and challenges to avoid. But there's also a flip side to this. And we were kind of challenging each other on this one. Oh, my gosh. Well, we don't want to say that there's a good part of already listening because what if someone just latches on to that? But let's, you know, let's go. You know, what is what's good about already listening and well i mean i think there's 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 something cool about being in a relationship with someone who really knows you and gets you yeah and if if you know or if you know if if you know certain things about me and you like you stop at the store and you're like you pick up or i get the crystal light because i know you love it or i knew you needed garlic salt because you were like garlic salt we needed garlic salt i got that the other day exactly those are ways that re listening can be helpful because it's something that we know that we've kind of we're predicting right I mean we're predicting that oh this will be good we need to get this or you know that there's certainly a good side to already listening but I think it can be such a block to communication on the flip side especially for those that are in long-term committed relationships where you know the beginning, phase of getting to know each other is kind of faded and you know we've already collected all of our data and a lot of it has been reinforced so now we know certain things so it can be dangerous that already listening if we don't you know like you said get present and really try to uh you know listen and with curiosity yeah like what's what's new yeah now? Like, yeah Who's the Richard of, what is this, October 6th, 2023? Yeah. You know? And it's a good day. October 7th. It's a good day to be us. Yeah. (laughs) And then I I think back to the times where you're in the honeymoon stage. I mean, Mm -hmm. let's face it, a lot of people are second marriages, third marriages. I mean, Mm -hmm. 60% of the marriages that are happening in the United States, one of them has been married before. Yeah. I mean, that's a, so they're, they're looking at. Or relationships, you know, it's not your first relationship. So whether you're married or, you know, having, you're in a committed relationship, it's like, oftentimes you've been in other relationships too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think in a lot, maybe in the wooing stage, certainly Mm -hmm. with, with us, there's a lot of this, Hey, what are you thinking? Mm-hmm. what's going on? What are you, what are you thinking about? Mm-hmm. And you're asking that uh, on that basic raw, getting yeah. to know each other, curiosity going, oh. oh gosh, I'm really excited to know what you're thinking. Yeah. A lot of times you're like, are you thinking about me? Whatever the motivation is, I'm thinking about this last night. Oh, really? Me too. Whatever that might be, but you're thinking, you really want to know. You're curious. Yeah. yeah in those early days. What they're, what they're and there's something really exciting about that, you know, like getting to know a new, a person, you know, what they like, what they don't like. And, oh, have you ever gone to Italy? Or, you know, it's like the things that are important to you that you can kind of connect with, um, you know, 
certainly, you know, long-term relationships that that kind of dies off a little bit, unless we bring it into our memories that, you know, this is a new person that even if you just are away from each other, because you've both been at work, a lot has happened during the day that may have changed you somewhat, you know, and I think honoring the fresh person that we each are is such a beautiful thing because we get to know ourselves and each other on a deeper level when we do that. And what an opportunity for people in a long-term relationship that are trying to work on something that might be a blocker to realize, you know, it might, it might just be something that is a little bit of a shift of perspective to say, I, I want to inquire and maybe look into their eyes as they're sharing, Mm -hmm. you know, not just, you know what I mean? You're you're positioned differently. You go sit in a different place in the room and say, let's take five minutes. I just want to decompress with you. Mm -hmm. Oh gosh. Well, this is now a space of sacred space or a new space or a place of understanding, you know, change your perspective. I mean, not like when we were first listening or me being a bad listener, which is the position you write in front of the TV screen so I can watch ESPN as you told me about certain things. <laughs> but I caught on really quick. You caught on quick, absolutely. But uh, the the general nature of newness and, and an evolution to you know what what is unique about each other and and listening is is so is so critical. And the more we're in touch with each other, the more this concept comes into play. And it's kind of a dark term, I think, is that familiarity breeds contempt. Mm-hmm. Is that if we're familiar and we get used to each other and we think we know everything about each other and we think we can be this predictor and we have this already listening, there's a contempt that can form if we're just realizing what is negative about the person's reaction Mm -hmm. and we can't get past and have a normal, might be our aspiration to have what is a normal conversation or a life-giving conversation. And there's science that states this, that um, is basically out of, out of a study that was done by Tiffany Graham of the University of Texas at Arlington and psychologist uh, William Ix. So it's kind of an icky study. Um, I'm sure. Is that empathic accuracy or their ability to correctly guess what the other person is thinking instead of inquiring like we were in a, the funny moon state? You know, what you're thinking to empathically listen and predict that newly married couples are very good at sensing each other's states of mind, but we expect them to get better as we age. We expect to get better like wine mm-hmm. as it ages. Mm-hmm because they know each other more intimately, right? And something unexpected happens. Empathy, accuracy ebbs after the first year of marriage. Mm. You become less and less accurate about what the other person is actually thinking. And your ability to be this soothsayer about what they're thinking, it's just, it's just so you got that going against you. So you got that going against you. It's not very good, but it's there and it's real. Mm-hmm. And kind of, doesn't feel very good. It's a blocker, right? To it's a blocker to communication and listening. And uh, you know, when we think we already know, you know, everything, it's kind of boring. Yeah. But if we think that there might be something new to discover today, that feels a little bit more exciting. Yeah. And we are people that you know have new insights throughout the day. 
you know, even if we feel like we're in the monotony of a job or, you know, raising kids or whatever the case may be, there's still things, aha moments or things that new perspectives that can, you know, happen um, in, in our relationship. And I think one of the, one of the great um, ways to counterbalance that is to do new things with each other and to, you know, go to a new um, park for a walk or go to a new um, place for dinner that you've never, neither one of you have ever been before. And there's lots of studies on, on novelty as a gift to long-term relationships. You know, when you do anything, that's why traveling is so such a bonder because it's like, we haven't done this before and we're doing this together. There's a freshness, a new neural pathway really being created as you experience that together. And so trying new things, doing, you know, or even listening each other to each other in a new way is, is one of those ways of doing that, you know? And where I'm, I like you, well, I'm, let's, let's put it this way. I am always anxious when we're talking about blockers to try to solve it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think about going on vacation and those type of things that, you know, the challenges that you have in your communication styles are going to help with regard to having something new and a novelty, but they're going to go with you on vacation. Mm-hmm. They're going to be in your, in your travel kit. They're going to be, <laughs> they're going to be in your, your luggage. Um, and they're going to be a part of it, but it does create an environment where you can actually maybe utilize some skills of how to reflect what you're hearing or, you know, inquiring about what their experience was that day and what was that like for you and mm-hmm. um, th- th- those type of things. But right now, the blockers, if we're aware of them and can say, oh, I'm not alone on this. Yeah, I'm not alone in being a, a person that wants to be a better communicator. And you know what? If I admit that the fact that I want to be a better communicator to my spouse or significant other, um, then there's a big breath of relief that yeah. comes from the other person just essentially hearing that. You do? You're freaking Rika. You do? Well, that's awesome. You actually do. But if you don't articulate it and publicly espouse or intimately espouse yeah. to your spouse or to your significant other or to your friend sometimes or to your child, I want to be a better yeah. listener. I want to be, I want to know more of you. Mm-hmm. I want to understand more of you. You don't have the, have the answer right now. But your willingness to say, I want to begin is such a blocker. It's like if you write something down on a task list, and I do that now with my task list. So it has too many tabs, candidly. But the first thing I do when I write in the list, I'm not at zero in the way of percent completion. I'm at 25% because I wrote it down. Mm-hmm. Because I committed that I was going to do it and I committed to it. Mm-hmm. And I'm more likely to think about it because I wrote it down. Mm-hmm. And it's maybe even closer to 50%. It's like the 50% of it, you wrote it down. Yeah. So if you're saying, I am going to do something that's going to be new in my life or new in the way I want to inquire about the other person's state of being, or I want to do something in the way of a novelty, I want to go do square dance lessons together. I want to do progressive two-step lessons like we did together that lead to having a backyard party where your date night becomes hay bales and country music and you show your kids or you bring a couple over and say, we're going to square dance. I'm going to teach you guys how to do that. You you don't have ropers. We'll be a better buy ropers. And that's new for (laughs) them. Got to get some sawdust, sprinkle it on the. We even had sawdust. Mm -hmm. We did. And we were good. Progressive two-step, man. Mm -hmm. We were good. Mm -hmm. And so we did. So those type of things are, are, 
are ways to look at the, the the blockage in a way to say, okay, I'm fighting it. I'm fighting my ability to be this empathic predictor because that's naturally what you do. And if you can break the tendency by admitting and studying and listening, frankly, step one is maybe listening to this. Mm-hmm. And frankly, step one for me again today is talking to you about this. Mm-hmm. It's a renewal. Yeah. And I think branding ourselves as, um, you know, like, oh, you're, I'm not a good listener. He's not a good listener. She's not a good listener. Um, we need help with communication. I think when we say, even say it that way, it's kind of putting us in a negative light. But if we say, I'm working on becoming a better listener, or I'm working on, you know, just that, that alone puts you on a path, a new path that is, you're going to learn new ways of communicating, being curious. If I'm learning, it's, you know, it's all new, you know? Is, is that what you, I mean, we're, we're working on some things like with this, um, like focusing therapy techniques and mm-hmm. where you listen to your body, the somatic side, you listen to what's in your body mm-hmm. and you try to get a felt sense deep within yourself mm-hmm. of, of what's happening um, as you have challenges or in some cases when you're trying to lock in the positive, you can do it both and. Mm-hmm. If you see, when I see you doing those type of things and working on those type of techniques yourself, there's there's a a real a pride one and a real wow. They're trying to get better, mm-hmm. and they're it's trying like to be a, a better version. There's it's like it's there's like, something that lingers between people that have been together that says, "Oh my God, they're working on that." It's like all the men at the retreat. Oh my God, they went and they did something. Yeah. And one of the people said, "I want to work on my be a better for my marriage." And by the way, they were married more than more than let's just say more than forty years. Mm-hmm. So they're works in progress. Mm-hmm. We are works in progress, and in listening. That's why this is going to be a series. This is going to be a series leading up to a retreat we do on listening in California in February. Yeah. We we bring yourselves. You we'll welcome you all. It fills up fast. <laughs> and we're going to have to limit it to 50 couples because that's the last time we, you know, that's about the capacity. But it's an amazing weekend. And we'll have more on our website at we do relationships.com. Why am I saying that? Because if you don't have opportunities to improve your skills at listening, then maybe this is one that you want to really be immersed in. And it's a fun way to do it. Oh, my God. Because you got other people saying, guess what? Yeah, I got a challenge with this. And guess what? Oh, I didn't know that. You guys do that. Mm. You do this. Whoa. Or you just feel like you're not alone. It's just and, and they're fun couples that show up. And it's just, yeah, it's a fun way to learn some new stuff about yourself and each other. And And we ask and want to have your response, you know, leave a note on Spotify and say, yeah, this is something I've done to be a better listener, to be a, and we use the better. That's okay. Let's use the, I want to be a good listener. I want to be a better listener. I want to be, you can go to empathic or life-giving listening and all that thing to your partner scene, whatever language you want to use, use it, say it, Mm -hmm. show us, we'll share those techniques. We'll share those type of things and say, okay, and here's an exercise that you can do as we move forward. We're not going to just leave you stranded on the studies and stranded on the challenge. We're going to give you some tools to say, here's what. So today, what would you want out of someone to create a baseline for um, understanding their blocks or maybe having a different view of their listening block? 
I mean, I think, I think curiosity is the key element and also, um, you know, just even admitting that you're leaning into learning something new about yourself and each other, you know, and to, and to try new things together, have fun, do something fun or new that you've never done before. And yeah. Yeah. How about you? What do you, what do you, Oh, I, I was thinking that maybe try three different questions like within the next 24 hours of listening to that and go to your spouse and say, tell me about your day. I'm curious about that. And don't say a word the entire time. Mm. The other thing might be, you know, you had an appointment. How, how was that for you? I mean, you know, you had a health appointment. It's like, I've, mm-hmm. I had so much in my mind, but I was really trying to figure out, well, well tell me about it. How'd you mm-hmm. feel? What was going on? What was happening? Did you like the doctor? Mm-hmm. You know, or the other one is simply what stimulated you today? What made a mm-hmm. difference to you? What'd you see that you went, oh, that was interesting. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, they don't have something, you say, well, here's what I saw. Mm-hmm. And say, oh, why are you sharing that with me? Because I just wanted to share with you because. Cool. And I love you. And I wanted to share that. Take take away those things. We we again we hope your your listening skills are pert or peaked or however you want to you say it. And that's kind of all for now. And so until next time. Take good care. We hope you enjoyed this episode brought to you by WeDoRelationships.com. Now let's make a difference in our relationship with ourselves and others to flourish in today's world. Please share what you learned. Great job. You're taking the time to honor and explore your relationships. We know it's not easy in our busy lives, but it's worth it. You're worth it. Those you love will notice. Great relationships lead to a fulfilled life. It begins with you. Every connection counts. Take good care.